Sports Squad with Io and Chanel. Hello and welcome to Sports Squad here on Fun Kids. I'm Io and with me is Chanel. Chanel, what have you been up to? This week I'm not going to talk about me. I'm actually going to talk about my brother because the amazing thing is he can now ride his bike. Using Chris Hoy's advice and tips from earlier in the series, and most of all with the help of my wonderful mum, Viv is actually now a pretty good cyclist, perhaps even an Olympic champion in the future. Oh my goodness, this is such a wonderful story, you know, a wonderful way as well, because we've seen a progression from one of the earlier podcasts to where we are at right now, and it's actually quite beautiful that you can ride a bike, and also very nice of you to talk about your brother instead of yourself and your spotting prowesses. Anyway, speaking of brothers, our guest has a very famous sibling. They're both in the fast lane on four wheels rather than two. Sports Squad with Io and Chanel. Okay, so let me introduce you to our guest, He's a motor racing driver who believes in trying to achieve the impossible. His brother is a six-time Formula One champion, Mr. Lewis Hamilton. So aiming high runs in the family. Let's meet touring car racer, Nick Hamilton. Nick, welcome to Sports Squad, sir. How you doing, bro? Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thanks for the invite. Thanks so much for joining us. So much to dig into uh, right now. Um, and I guess for me, first and foremost, how did you get into the sport? What's your journey? Uh, my my journey starts is pretty crazy, really. I was born um, two months premature. I was diagnosed with cerebral palsy. Um, my form is, is spastic diaplegia. So I was born not breathing, whisked away to an incubator. And uh, yeah, the doctor said that I wouldn't be able to, to walk um, and that my, uh, my right eye would severely deteriorate as I grew older, um, as I was born also cross-eyed. Um, so I didn't really know what I was going to do with my life. My parents didn't really know how to, to bring up a, a child with cerebral palsy. They, they had um, Lewis, who's eight years older than me, but obviously uh, acts eight years younger sometimes <laughs> than, than me. Um, um, You're the mature one. <laughs> yeah, but um, so obviously bringing up an able-bodied child is, is a lot easier and there's not necessarily any... Um, classes or anything about trying to bring up a, a child with cerebral palsy so they didn't really know what I could or what I couldn't do um so everything was sort of focused on Lewis and his his motorsport you know we were we were just a poor black family we didn't have any direction no plan no target and um yeah obviously Lewis's story how Lewis's story started in motorsport is what obviously got our family into dedicating our lives to to the sport and dedicating our time to Lewis um, and it was just my love for motor racing, the fact that I eat, sleep and breathed it and, and was just following <laughs> Lewis every day, every weekend, um, that it was just a baptism of fire that eventually I would want to get into into the sport myself. But I didn't know whether I could do that because of my condition. I, I couldn't, couldn't basically walk. So, you know, it was quite difficult. Because of your disability, you were bullied at school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, bullied at school. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was uh, yeah, it was a tough time. I mean, for 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 me, growing up as a kid, you know, I, all I wanted to do was was fit in. And um, first of all, uh, not just being disabled, I, I was I was the only black person at my school. All my other friends were were white, so I, I was always the odd one out, always sort of different. And uh, yeah, initially, I I didn't really know why I was the chosen one. You know, why why me with my condition? You know, I think it's one in 500 births are diagnosed with, with cerebral palsy. And and so I went through a real dark period of time as a kid, you know, thinking, you know, why me? Why am I chosen? Um, and then 
going going through the school scenario you know younger kids can be can be very brutal you know they, yeah. they don't necessarily think about um how that person feels or what it's like to be in their shoes a lot of kids or especially when i was at school you know they're all in groups and it was the the cool kids and the geeky kids and the kids are that just aren't cool to hang around with or whatever and my dad always told me something and and which has always resonated with me for forever and it's um he's always said it's it's not cool to be a fool and um mm. so i never tried to hang around with the people that thought they were cool because really they're they're people that can get you into trouble and they're not necessarily the right people to hang around with so i ended up hanging around with the the geeky kids that people thought were geeky but actually they ended up being the coolest people you could ever imagine to hang around with you know um two of my friends in the group you know one of them has has become bass player for Rita Ora and, you know has wow. has really excelled in his music and um and so it was when i was starting hanging around with the geeky kids as such um you know i then got bullied by the meant to be cool kids and you know i was in a wheelchair at this time because i wasn't able to to walk every day and be able to carry the heavy books of on my back and and so I needed a little bit of assistance so I used my wheelchair and that sort of that put me on a lower level so everybody was looking down at me and yeah so they used to come up you know to me and and pull me backwards in my wheelchair and you know walk off laughing and I was always sort of the laughing stock of school but uh yeah I mean for me it's a, it's a character building experience and uh yeah I want to know where those bullies are now cuz I don't know whether they've uh, <laughs> achieved what I've achieved since then so um so yeah it's 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 all a, a positive moment and I think if I hadn't have gone through that period of time then I wouldn't be who I am today so I am also um glad that that happened to me too yeah mate that's such a powerful story um I, I was wondering while you were saying that in te- in terms of also being the only black kid in your school what what you make of what's happening right now because a lot of our listeners young and old will know there are huge protests at the moment, Black Lives Matter and stuff, and rightly so in many respects, you know, to fight for the rights of black people in Britain. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, now, you know, it's, uh, it's a terrible situation that we find ourselves in in the world today, um, especially with, with George Floyd and everything that's going on. But also, as much as it being a terrible time, it's also a wake-up call for a lot of people. And um, a lot of people that didn't really understand or or realize the 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 situation of of black people and how it is to be a black person in 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 life today and also many many years ago. Um, you know, I was the only black person in my school, and you know, through through motorsport and Lewis and my family, we were the only black people within motorsport when Lewis started growing growing up and growing through the sport. We did experience, you know, some some racist um, things, and I think it's it's becoming educational. Um, and I just hope that at some stage, you know, everybody can start working together to, you know, overcome anybody's problems or challenges that they have. You know, whether whether they have any different race or color or creed. You know, because at the end of the day, we're all human, and um, we all do the same things. You know, there's nothing different about us. We just go about our lives in a different way. And some of us are, are given better opportunities, different opportunities. Um, but yeah, I think coming together and, and be, being united as one is, is important. But because the world is so big, there's so many people in it, you know, it's going to be hard to, to get to that. But I think, 
although this is an awkward situation and a tough one, it, it could be the start of something very powerful. Nice one. Chanel? What was it like growing up with Lewis and having him as a brother? <laughs> uh, well, no, no different to any other brother. He's still annoying. We still have our arguments. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, to be fair, like the, the the easiest way I can explain it is the Hamilton family, we just wanted to go racing. We didn't think um, that we would gain any fame, any fortune, anything. We just wanted to go racing and do what we loved. Um, it's just um, almost a bonus that uh, everything sp spiked and peaked and just got got stronger and faster and more professional um, and then all of a sudden we ended up being a, a household name that was never our target that was never our plan so so growing up as a kid you you just do life as normal and uh, sometimes when you're put in different scenarios where you have to go to a race circuit that becomes normal in your life because you're, you're doing it every day or every weekend and then when you get to to the higher levels and now you can't go to the cinema without people re recognizing who you are um that then becomes normal life so we were just normal people with a dream like everybody else and um it just spiraled into a career that both myself and lewis we didn't plan for all of the attention it's just you know our life just took a different uh a different direction Chanel? What will it be like racing again after lockdown? Obviously, you haven't raced for so long. Mm. Um, yeah, so the last time I was in the car was uh, March 17. And um, that was for an uh, official test. And um, yeah, I mean, it's like riding a bike. You know, when you when you get in the car, you feel at home. It's, it's You get to a point you're so comfortable with everything. It's It's like sitting on a sofa and feeling comfortable and relaxed and you know everything you know you know all the buttons all the procedures everything over the radio getting back up to speed is not going to be that difficult i would say it's gonna yeah take maybe four laps four laps and i'll be back to the last day in march so it's not going to feel weird it's going to feel exciting i think the the difference is we're going to be behind closed doors so there's going to be no fans you know, we're basically racing in front of the birds and the bees and the trees <laughs> that are blown in the wind. Um, so that's going to be really odd. And how we go about our usual weekend, but without touching people, without greeting people, staying safe. Um, and especially for me with my condition, because, you know, I can't always walk without touching something. You know, I, I might have to walk down some steps and have to touch something and... And then what do I do? Do I hand sanitize? I mean, you're going to have to hand sanitize like every second of the day. <laughs> like... so you got to really think. And, um, but yeah, so there's going to be more to it than just driving the car. But the driving the car will be the easiest part. It's, it's the thing that we are working towards all the time. Um, so it comes more natural. Yeah, I'm also thinking then because of your condition, how on earth do you make it work in the car have they specially designed the moto for you um and also are you are you the only one in in touring that that does that that has yeah. those specifications yeah so firstly the british touring car championship is the pinnacle of of british motorsport mm. there's no higher higher level um second i am the only disabled athlete 
within the series. Mm. So um, I would almost class myself as a Paralympian in the Olympics as such um, because I'm racing against able-bodied people. Um, and yeah, the se second, or I'd say the third thing is uh, adapting my car is really important um, because of the way my legs are. Um, I can't use my ankles. My ankles don't flex. Um, I struggle with leg strength and flexibility. Um, so adapting the car around me is, is really important. Um, so it's, re it's really simple. I, I have, um, normally every car has three pedals. Every accelerator, brake pedal, and then a clutch pedal. But because I want as uh, sort of the least amount of work for my legs to be able to do, um, I have two pedals. So I have the accelerator and brake, and then I have a, um, a hand clutch on the back of the steering wheel. So that just makes life a little bit easier. And we've just made the, the pedals wider and thicker, which gives me more surface area to, to put my feet. Um, also, my seat is, is molded to me so I don't actually move around like through cornering etc um, because I have a tendency to pop ribs and um, my pelvis oh, wow. you know moves out of place and stuff if I'm not careful so it can be annoying and a bit of a pain in the bum but <laughs> as, I've, as I've got more experience um, you know mm -hmm. developing the the uh, modifications has become easier because I sort of know what I need. Yeah, we can't wait to see you back in the car, sir. Um, now, just hang on a, a little second because I definitely know you have got a, a challenge for my listeners at home. Sports Squad Challenge. Yeah, I think um, this one's a little bit different for me. So it's not necessarily a challenge, but for me, I, I was trying to think, how can I set people challenges? And instead of setting someone a challenge, I want them to take the first step in achieving whatever they want to become or be when they're older you know so if you do want to be a football player or if you do want to be uh, a policeman or a chef or uh, a dancer or, or whatever it is you know do some research and, and find out what you need to do initially to to start that career to start that path and you know sort of lose yourself lose yourself in it and, and put as much time and effort into understanding the nuances of, of becoming a, a, a top world-class chef, for example. You know, look at Gordon Ramsay and, and research how he started and, and or whatever it is to, to achieve your, your next step towards what you want to become. And like my, one of my aunties, she wants to be a London bus driver. She's in her 50s and um, she never took the step, the first step to to become one right so now she's she's 50 and i'm like auntie you need to do something if you still want to be it you know you should do it it doesn't matter what the the end goal is you know you should always take the first step um because without the first step you you never know where you're going to go so i would not necessarily challenge um but i would like to um to create the task of anybody that wants to do something in their life and get to a, an end goal, they should at least research and start the first step in doing so. I have a follow-up question to your challenge. When you look back at your childhood, are you amazed at how well it's turned out for you and Lewis? It's really achieving the impossible. Yeah, I mean, for me, um, for me to, to make something of my life, I had to overcome my condition regardless. So... I did it for me. I didn't. I didn't do it for anybody else. And um, if I if I didn't do the work, the training, the effort, overcoming the bullying, the operations that I had, you know, falling over every day, cutting myself, 
Um, you know, I'm sitting here today with three ribs out of place and my pelvis is locked in, in one place. You know, all these sort of things. If I, if I hadn't been through that, um, then I wouldn't be the, the strong individual as I am today. So, so looking back on my, my life, am I, am I surprised? Uh, yes, I'm, I can't believe that I'm, I'm driving a car and competing against everybody, people in the pinnacle of British motorsport. Can I look back at Lewis and think, you know, we were just, a, as I said, a poor black family and now he's a six-time Formula 1 world champion. From when he was starting, everybody wanted to be the next Michael Schumacher. Now people are wanting to be the next Lewis Hamilton and wearing his helmet and everything like that. And the legacy he's created is, is incredible. Um, so yeah, looking back, it's pretty cool what we've, what we've done and what we've achieved. Um, Lewis would probably say the same, that he never put pressure on himself to, to achieve a certain thing. He just followed his heart and followed his dream and kept pushing hard. Um, and that's exactly what I did. And it's just turned into a cool story where we feel we can now at least talk about it, tell people about it and hopefully inspire people to not necessarily become a racing driver, um, but to always follow their dreams and and never take no as an answer. Um, you know, people are always going to try and knock you down and, and pull you back. But there's always a reason for it and it builds you as a character. So we just want to use our, our story to, to now try and help others move forward. And um, by us achieving our goals, we hope that through us achieving them, we can inspire others to to at least start if not continue to to strive for their own nick hamilton is such a wonderful way uh, to end our chat with you and uh, what a wonderful mental and proactive challenge you've set um, our, our listeners as well thank you so much for joining us on sports squad mate it's been an absolute pleasure and we're very glad to have had you on no worries thanks so much appreciate it the world of sports squad so around about now, it's usually time for sports news with Chanel. But the news this week is that this is our very last episode of Sports Squad, for this series at least. So we hope you've enjoyed listening. We've enjoyed bringing you all our amazing guests and their truly inspiring stories. Huge thank you to all the sports stars who gave up their time to come on the show. And a, a massive, massive thank you to Rob, who created and produces the show as well. We also hope we've entertained you and inspired you to keep fit, active and healthy during lockdown. A difficult and challenging time for all of us. I've certainly enjoyed doing the show with you, Io, and I've got to speak to some amazing people. And I've been really inspired for my life journey and my future. Yeah, massive. We've been very, very lucky to have such amazing guests and it has been a pleasure speaking to you and having you as my partner in crime on this one, Chanel. It's been a, a, a real joy. Uh, so I guess for the final time, at least for now, it's goodbye from me. Bye. And it's goodbye from Chanel. Bye. Sports Squad has been brought to you with the support of the Audio Content Fund. A massive, massive thank you to them and Funkers Radio for supporting our series. Thanks for downloading this podcast and all the other ones in the series. You can listen again to all of them at www.funkidslive.com sports. We'll catch you next time. 